Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Welcome back to The Francisca Show, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I'm Francisca, a singer, composer, and also your host. And just before we start our show, I'd like to thank one of our sponsors, Mika Fashion, a lifestyle brand that empowers women to be strong and unashamed. Mika Fashion tells a story through their clothing, and the blog shares amazing stories of hope. Mika Fashion Apparel is made in Italy and Portugal. So check them out at MikaFashion.com and on Instagram at MikaFashion. Today we have poet, singer, songwriter, actress, artist, parodist, recording artist, teacher, and producer by the name of Sylvia Kay. Welcome to the show. Hello, Francisca. Thank you for having me. Of course. You know, I had to stalk you for a very long time to finally get you on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for being patient with me. Really, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I know you have thousands of things to do, and I'd love to hear all about the million of projects you're working on, besides for your beautiful family that you're raising. I spoke to you a while back, probably when I was still pregnant with Ella, and you were telling me about your super creative process of creating music and lyrics, and you started off by asking me, so how do you write? Do you pick up a guitar or sit down by a piano and then write the music and then come up with the words and then you had a response to that to just contrast the way you write your music and lyrics right thank you so much um really first of all i want to thank you for the opportunity of creating this podcast i know you're super busy and but you know what you're you're a true pioneer and um i have to tell you how grateful we are i'm going to speak on behalf of all <laughs> female artists um creative people out there because we need a platform. Um, going to your question now, um, first of all, I love, love talking to you. And yes, we had this deep conversation last time, which was so beautiful and so meaningful. Um, I have to tell you, I, I feel like I'm very different from other musicians. Um, I don't sit with a guitar or a piano or any other instrument. It's something I've been, I think, born with. Um, like my dad told me that I would sing before I learned how to talk, um, or I would scribble away, um, pretending that I wrote something when I was very little. And then I would be so proud of myself that I finally did it. And here it is. And I just find a, a quiet place. I would just like, you know, hug the trees and then dance around them and sing my own melodies. And, and I just kind of 
foresaw myself on a stage, on a big stage, growing up in a, in a very secular home. This is what I, I grew up with, with lots of love for, for poetry and, and uh, music and, and writing. But for some reason, it just hit me since I was a kid, you know, just, just the melodies, they just come. So since I was a very little girl, I've been writing songs and poems, but I, I didn't understand yet what I was doing. I didn't even know that I am a musician. Sometimes it comes with the melody and the lyrics together. And sometimes I would just write poetry. And I never like to force in my poetry and creating it into a song. I could do that. I've done it previously. But I really love the way it was given to me straight from Hashem. I like to tune in to my own neshama, to my own soul, and feel what it is that it needs at that given moment. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that process with us. It sounds really special. It also sounds very spiritual. And you did say that you grew up in a very secular home in the former Soviet Union. Can you tell us a little bit about your background? And I know you came to the States a bit later. And that influenced your music as well. You started writing poetry and songs in English. Transition oh, wow. And transformation that's, a, that that's, a, that's a very interesting and lengthy story. I'll try to be as short as possible, but I do like to get explicit. I was born in Tashkent and um, not even knowing that I'm different. Uh, I didn't even know that I was you know, Jewish or what kind of Jew I was. When I do my inspirational speaking, I talk to the girls about my my personal journey of how I found my way back home. But I was told at the age of nine, right before I came to America, like nine, nine and a half, I was told that I am, you know, I'm Jewish and um, <laughs> that we're coming to America. And a whole bunch of people started asking me questions like, like, oh, you must be a, a Jew, you know, since you're going to America. And I was like, I was like so scared at that moment. I didn't know what to answer. And it, it was at 1993, you know, uh, when people started, more Jewish people started leaving Russia um, and the former Soviet Union, really, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the communism, I mean, the socialism fell apart in 1991. That's when we, we took the Star of Lenin off our shirt. Back then, I already started writing my own songs and my own, my own songs and poems, and ugh, I used to love it, you know? And um, my teachers always loved me sharing and I used to be always next to my music teacher and in chorus class and it was really really amazing you know that music lived within me all the time and when I had to come to America all of a sudden you know you see New York and it's totally different and you have to adapt here to a new way of lifestyle and everything is so different there's a new language and then there is the new everything and the new type of music and I couldn't connect to the music. Again, I, I was growing up in a very secular home, right? I was I I, I didn't I saw traditions here and there, but I wasn't told much about them. So when I found out I'm Jewish, and then I found out uh, about you know different uh, like the Sephardic Jews and the Ashkenaz Jews, and when when I found out the type of a Jew I am, a Mishkababel. So um, 
I was very curious who I, who I am and where I belong. And I wanted to learn more about God and I wanted to learn more about Judaism. Okay, so let's keep going and tell us, did your family become religious? I found out that there is a yeshiva um, and there is a school like a yeshiva. I went straight to public school, of course. But then in um, we had like an after school program and my cousin, she took me there and there was like this rabbi who I didn't even know existed. I mean, I didn't even know what a rabbi was. So when I saw this man with, with like a long beard and with a hat, it was like a whole new world to me, you know, like, and I didn't know what he was going to teach us. So he, he introduced us to the olive bed. He introduced me to the olive bed for the first time in my life. And, and, and here I am just introduced to English letters and, and Hebrew was out of this world. These magical letters, they went, the other direction completely and these shapes and i was like wow you know like i I got so excited and inspired yet i still didn't know that there is a yeshiva out there i didn't know that there's an all girls uh, uh jewish school out there when i found out i started demanding and i said mom dad i want to go to a yeshiva you know and obviously they were you know immigrants and they didn't they couldn't afford it and um but then I, I got connections and I was, I was crying. I got to Nechamas Israel. God bless Rabbi Kugelman. Um, he got me into a yeshiva for two years. Yes, I brought in the kashrut into my home. I, I, I inspired my parents and the Shabbat and everything. But then when you're a teenager, you know, you have questions and, and everyone laughs at you. And I was the first one. I was like the pioneer in, in my household that brought in the Torah into the home. So it seems like you found these answers for yourself and that your mission became to bring this light and life, which is bringing other Jews closer to Judaism. Right. Okay. Uh, Another deep story. You're going to make me cry because I'm going to get emotional. (laughs) It's a very, very deep story. So when... um, my mother was getting married, and the the, the, the school was going to get closed down. It was based uh, Yaakov Ohel Simcha. It was a beautiful school that started out only with nine girls. And um, when I got there, I felt that, you know, you, you feel your sisters, and you feel happy. You feel, you know, you're growing. And like I told you, you know, family and and friends that were, again, not from, they couldn't understand you. They couldn't understand what was happening with me. How is, how is it that I'm walking around with, with long skirts and, and totally in this, in this different world where I'm surrounded by four walls and in, in, in my family, um, uh, especially for my dad's side, everybody's very highly educated and, you know, you get your peer pressure and everybody's laughing at you. Uh, you became a babushka kind of a thing, you know, like a grandma kind of a thing. And then you're just like so weird lately. I was stuck in my um, 11th grade without the school. And I wanted to go to a good yeshiva. But then I was connected to the, the yeshiva that I fell in love with. And my mom was was leaving. She had like a, this goodbye party for everyone. And we used to sing the most amazing songs, you know, like I, you know, the song is the connect is the, is the food for your soul kind of a thing. And when I was in the yeshiva, my teacher, Morbin Chaim, and she was the principal of the school, she sang, she was so inspirational all around for me. It was, it was like, she was my spiritual mother, my, my sister, my principal, my Mora, the, the, I've, I've seen very, a lot of miracles happen to me when I started like doing that Salat Yedai, my thighs went away, you know, that stuff. I saw these little miracles that happened in my life. I wanted to grow. 
she was leaving and I was in this situation with, you know, the peer pressure and, and being upset that I couldn't say goodbye to my grandpa when he passed away. Um, I, I, I knew I was going to go back to public school, um, because I was zoned to the board of education would probably zone me into one. Right. And the more I had, had this like goodbye party for everyone. And she would ask each girl to come up and say goodbye to her. And I have to tell you, I've been so very inspired. I, I, I wanted to be just like her when I grow up. You know, you, you're inspired. I'm very like, I find inspiration in every single person or everything. I try to learn something from everyone. And so I learned so much from my Mora. And when she was leaving, she, she called my name finally because it was my turn to say goodbye to her. She told me, Tivia, she held my hand and she said, Tivia, I know you're going to go back to public school. But I want you to promise me one thing. Just promise me that you are going to raise your children in the way of the Torah, the way I taught you. You're going to teach them the Kashrut and the Shabbat and and all those things I taught you, you're going to keep. When you get married, she said, I know you're going to go to public school and a neshama like you will probably get lost easily, but you're going to have to find your way home. And, you know, I looked at her and that moment I, I promised her, I promised for primarily, I promised me and Hashem because that's what I wanted. And I was just like so sick and tired that people are like laughing at me and they're saying I'm like brainwashed and, and that I'm just trying to be such a good girl, you know, trying to follow Hashem. But everyone is just like making fun, you know, and not hopping you, not getting you. It was so difficult for me. So after this goodbye, I was just like crying and crying. And I said, ah, oh, I said, Hashem, test me. Do this test for me. You know, I want to know where do I belong? So I just wanted to tell you all the songs that she sang, like Gamki Eilech and Leif Tahor, and all those beautiful songs that we sang in school together. You know, they were deep down inside of me forever. They stayed. And yes, I went off when I went to public school. It took me two weeks to drop my skirts because peer pressure. Everybody started laughing at me. You have to understand it's so dangerous. It was such a dangerous place. And they threw me straight into into a Hillcrest High School in Jamaica where, where it's 80%, you know, um, African-American kids. And, and I, was, I was in that school for two years till I graduated. Yeah. So it was very difficult. I still kept kosher meat. I still, you know, and the songs, they stayed with me, the songs that she taught me without even understanding, without even understanding the meaning of these songs, the meaning of Hebrew so much, you know, but there was, I wanted to tell you in, in Hillcrest high school, there was a gospel class and chorus classes, wherever there was music, there was I, you know, because it was like a part of me always, always. And I had to be in those chorus classes and I had to be in those gospel classes. And I remember we were singing the song, um, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help, my help coming from the Lord, the Lord which made heaven and earth. Only later on in my life did I find out this was the song of David Melech, 121 Shir Lamalot. Can you believe it? Wow. And I was so connected to that song. That song kept me going in that school. And I was like, yeah. So here I am. My whole life has, has been has been done through through song and, and music and arts. I can't find it any other way. We have a little time left. I'd like to talk about the music business part. Sure. I know you are a Kolisha artist exclusively, which means you have all the challenges of getting gigs with schools, camps, 
organizations, small venue type events. So I and you did tell me you started charging money and you're not doing any gigs for free or at least very few that you're doing for free and people do ask you for chesed gigs all the time because how can you not? It's very natural for someone to come for a healing spirit like you and ask you for your services. So mm-hmm. it makes sense. However, you did create some boundaries and a certain structure. Could you share with us what has happened in the last few years? And I know you've spent an enormous amount of money and you've invested a ton into your art, into your videos, into your beautiful albums. Tell us mm-hmm. the challenge and what you have established since Mm -hmm. facing these challenges to protect yourself and grow out of the hobby aspect of it into an actual business Mm -hmm. okay so before before i answer this question i'm gonna go like one step before to explain to you what has happened so when i became balchuva at 21 and I, i said that's it i'm gonna follow hashem all the way i thought that i can't sing on stage anymore because before that at the age of 18 i was ready to go to america's got talent i was ready to show my original music to everybody i was already working in a studio with um dr eric Elyaev. um well he wasn't doctor back then he was just like he had a studio and we were just collaborating and other musicians you know along I had like a, like a, like a band I had, I was called the perfect five. It fell apart. And then I said, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to go, um, on a big stage. And this is when my dad would not, you know, would not approve of it. And, and he explained it to me, you know, you're going to be a mommy, you're a Jewish girl. Um, you know, you want, you want to have, a, have a, a good home, you know, you want your kids to see you at home and all that. Right. So, um, um, I uh, actually, you know, graduated in literature and both Russian literature and poetry and English literature and poetry because I, I didn't know I wanted to stay as close to literature and poetry at least. But I did music on the side. Right. So at the age of 21, when um, I became Balchuva, I thought this was the end of my music career. That's it. I didn't think there was going to be any music anymore. It makes sense. Many artists who are Balchuva deal with that moment. Of- right. I didn't know that there is a cool Isha kind of a thing. And I didn't know that there is a stage for women only. I thought this was it. Um, I kept writing my songs and my poems uh, into a drawer. You know, I would just like leave everything in my notebooks. I have tons of, 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 of uh, notebooks and journals and all that stuff. Right. And I just kept on adding them and adding them in. And, um, um, it, it, it would be hurt a lot because, because I couldn't do anything with it. Right. But then, um, thank God there are women events like Hanukkah and I, I used to host and I used to, um, do a lot of events like, like Kinoch Yaladim and Shalom Bayit classes with, with Rebetzins and we, we did Chalas and all that. Right. One time at the Hanukkah uh, event, um, my friend who was, a she, she organizes events. She's a co-organizer. She asked me to write a poem for the event. And I did. And I recited the poem there. But next to me sat Miriam Eliyev, who opened up a whole new world to me. She actually wrote a whole article about it. And she sang a song there. She wrote a song and she it was a cappella. She sang. And I was like, oh, I was like looking at her. And I was like, cool. 
she's singing her song. Like, uh, I could do that, but I never did that. And I didn't even know you could do that. And then she was sitting next to me and I said, hey, my name is Tivia and, and I would like to get to know you. And, you know, it's funny how she was Ilyaev because I used to work with, you know, Eric Ilyaev and then he was a, a male and I was like, oh, I miss those old days. And then Hashem sends me this Miriam Ilyaev my way, isn't it? crazy like unbelievable and i said listen um let's get together she so she comes over to my house and um uh she shares what she does and i shared my songs she she was like she opened her mouth and she's like seriously Tia, you have to record this and i said but you know i can't and she's like what do you mean you can't you have to god gave you a gift you have to and then my husband also, he was pushing me, pushing me. But I told him, look, Albert, I, I, I can't really, you know, because I'm a female. He's like, I don't understand this whole call issue because he's a little bit more, he was a little bit more modern back then. Yeah, I started recording like eight, like seven years ago, eight years ago. So when she opened up this whole world to me that there's a cool Isha thing out there. And I was like, oh my God, why didn't I know about that? He comes home one day and he puts a paper down on the table, flat on the table. And he says, I want you to record. I want to hear one of your songs. And I said, well, you've heard more than one of my songs. And he says, no, I want to hear one of your songs, at least. He said, step it up, make a step forward. And I said, okay, but it's probably going to cost. And he's like, okay, well, you know what? I want to hear it. I, I got so excited that I could do this for women and, and girls and sing it. And everybody's like, oh my God, and everybody was supporting me. And they asked for more and more, but yeah, and I started recording it, and God bless my husband and, and big a construction group. I started doing this for the soul. Right. I started recording my songs for me. I wanted to get it out because it was a part of me, and I wanted to share. Now that I'm allowed to share with the girls, I wanted to share. I felt that those were the messages that I didn't even know I had to share them. I found out that I had to share them because that's what Hashem wanted me to do. I always like to tune in to Hashem to see what he wants me to do. So I started recording and it got to this point where we've been investing so much and so much and so much, thank God. So I do my chesed um, as much as I can and I love doing chesed. But now that I'm on a professional scale for many years and, you know, my classes weren't free. My music classes weren't free. And I can't always do stuff for free. So I definitely get paid. Um, not what I want to get paid, but sometimes it's less than I, than I would want to get paid. But um, at this point, I am a paid uh, artist. Yes. Well, congratulations. That's amazing to hear. How, how are you able to make money in a market that's really not a great environment for it? I haven't really um, made the money I spent, of course, right? We, we, we didn't, we didn't, we invested so much more than we got out. But um, both my husband and my, my Rebbitson and myself, we came to a conclusion that, you know, um, Hashem, is going to give us one way or another. Even if I don't make what I want, at least I got the potential and I got, you know, I, I got the opportunity to even record my songs and I'm doing it again for my soul, for my kids, for my future grandkids, for my sisters, for, for just 
just to serve Hashem, just to exalt his name. And no, I, I don't know how we can go ahead and make this a nice, I would love to build a nice music industry for, for girls and women. I really think collaboration is really, really, really amazing. But as of now, there is no platform. So it's a dream. We should do something. We should all merge all these singer songwriters and create this like one huge concert. What do you think? It sounds great. However, many female artists have moved and transitioned into singing for men as well. So oh. they might not want to invest their own resources in putting on a one-woman concert. If if you were just to invite them to perform and pay them, I'm sure they would join. But as we know, performers don't want to come and take a night out of their busy schedule to work for free. So I, I just find that a very hard balance because it would cost a lot of money to put on a show. The market, the women out there are not ready to come and pay for it necessarily. And then the performers are already done performing for free. So I find that actually an impossible mission. I totally hear you. That is why I'm doing something else on a side. So what I realized I should do is... Uh, focus on another thing I love, which is natural healing. And that brings more Parnassa. And and plus, you know, Parnassa is really, it's, it's, there's only like one Parnassa that comes into the household. It could be only for your husband. It could be, he could get the whole thing. And then it's, it's sometimes it's so important when your spouse um, supports you. Now, not every single woman has that support. And not every single man has that support, unfortunately, but it's very, very important when the two of them sort of support each other. And so I'm very thankful and very blessed that, you know, my husband supports me um, on that. You know, he, he will let me do what I love. I have to balance everything out as, as, a, as a wife and a mother, right? But I haven't found that income just through music. It's more of an investment. But Hashem is going to take care of us later on after that, right? Because we're working for him. Oh, yeah. Okay, That's so how I see tell it. us about your upcoming new music video that you're releasing very soon. Yay! That is so exciting. Well, actually, it, it had I had a lot of um, thought about this. And um, for the first time, I uh, decided that I'm releasing a, a Russian original song. I decided to do this up dance uh, upbeat dance style um it's called the 911 not the 911 but it's the, the emergency call straight to shamayam you know that type of 911 i released the single release it's in all digital stores and on youtube but the music video itself is coming out mirta hashem hanukkah time and i just wrote the script the the yeah the script for it and it's really really cool and I'm looking forward to sharing it with everybody ASAP. We'll close up with this, but an exciting fact, and a few people have asked me, since I did go by Francisca K in the past, K-A-Y, and you go by Tibia K, I'd just like to clarify for everyone, we are both from Russia. We do have K-A-Y as a last stage name, as a short version for our last names that start with K. So... On this note, we will end. And thank you so much, Sylvia, for being on our show. We're going to post some links where you can go and download and purchase Sylvia's music. 
and stay tuned for her new music video release. We're so excited for it. Thank you, my dear, for this beautiful podcast show you host. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please make sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and share this show with people you think may also enjoy it. See you next time. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.